the sound of read or die means that you're read, 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 die. die. It's a choice. It's like some bland white wine with that, sir. The the strains to the strains of read or die. That means that you're listening to the bookworm on Fab Radio International dot com, uh, presented to you in association with Starburst Magazine. Woohoo! Uh, my name is Ed Fortune, and I'm here with... Nympha Hayes. So, on today's show, we will be doing comic books, because comic books are cool. Graphic novels, graphic novels. Same thing. Uh-huh. Um, I will be talking about things that are cool. I will be doing Doctor Who. Bow ties. Bow ties, ties are cool. Fezes are cool. Sonic Screwdrivers are cool. Are cool. Uh, Paul Cannell is cool. Uh, the Four Doctors is cool. Doctor Who comics event of four doctors on titan i will be doing this and you'll be doing uh rat queen rat queen volume one assassin sorcery super cool so yay so yes we have gone to the funny book section of the library for today's show <laughs> uh coming up next however we're going to be talking about all things that are book news related get on with the submissions window that's about to open. Uh, 1st of February to the 30th of April, Crystal Inc. are mm. looking for books. Uh, if you are, if you have a fantasy novel in you and you've been able to extract it from yourself, then... That uh, sounds like weird. It does. <laughs> that sounds painful. Uh-huh. Well, well, it is. Well, it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> Writing's hard, damn it. Um, so, yes, uh, Crystal Inc. have their... Um, Submissions window, it's opening at the end of this month, basically, so start of February. Um, get in touch, you can find them on the internet. You can also find us, find them on the Bookworm Radio Show Facebook page. Um, another item that we've put on there recently congratulations to Richard K. Morgan, um, whose classic cyberpunk novel, Altered Carbon, is getting a Netflix series. Yes, yes, that that that's really, really interesting. We've had Richard on the show a couple of times. I think we're going to have to grab him again if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, because Altered Carbon, I think Altered Carbon is perhaps the book he's most well-known for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is regarded by, you know, aficionados of things that are cyberpunky. Um, cyberpunk being... The, it was a buzzword in the 80s, really. It, it was, was, yes. You know, it was a gritty and grimy sci- sci-fi. Then it was that was that was the future that we were promised. We weren't promised jetpacks and rockets. We were promised, you know, um, cybernetic... Hoverboards. <laughs> yes, yeah. not hoverboards. We were promised um, cybernetic limbs and um, dystopian corporations. Yeah, that's coming, though, isn't it? I mean, it's already here. Like, you <laughs> Basically. Know, we, we are there. It's just not as mainstream as, as we originally thought. <laughs> Cyberpunk was all... Uh, the, the whole... You know, it's a whole dis. It's a dystopia essentially. Yes, it's an attempt, uh, uh, attempt to create a world of, or a paradise through technology that goes wrong, and it's about a distrust of technology and how technology can not enhance your life, but just used to make your life worse slash enslave you. Mm. Um, he See, said, summarising an entire genre as quickly yeah, as he like, can <laughs> in thirty seconds. Um, I was having a conversation with some friends not long ago about the fact that there doesn't seem to be 
a good sci-fi series that hasn't been anything particularly interest since possibly the latest Battlestar Galactica like that sort of heavy sci-fi uh, I mean the, there's a new Star Trek series coming at the some point The Expanse but which I've not yet seen hmm. um, is uh, adapted from the, the Expanse novels. Fans of the Expanse novels have told me that I should be watching it Okay, I haven't even heard of it um, it's, it's, it's an adaptation of, of the books The Expanse and they've started, it's coming to uh, UK screens very soon Right, I've, I've no idea. I it's, don't know. It, Do people think that you know sci-fi hasn't got a following? Because there's a there's a handful of them. There's a um, and sci-fi channel. I've, I've started showing a thing about space bounty hunters as well. So it's, it's yes, there happening. Um, yes, I can't remember what the name is. But there's a big. There's been a big kind of swing towards fantasy. Killjoys. Killjoys. That's the one. There's been a swing. Big swing towards uh, fantasy adaptations. Mm. So um, the Chronicles of Banana Mama for example, based on the Terry Brooks novels, okay. um, are, are on channel, will be on Channel 5. It's Shannara, like we know, you know, he's just paraphrasing, because he's Ed. Um, they, they, we've, seen, we've seen a few uh, previews of it already, and uh, yeah, it's the Chronicles of Shannara. The main character is whiny. He's really whiny. He's really whiny in the Terry Brooks books as well. Mm. So I just thought I just wanted to say Terry Brooks books then. Mm. Um, but yeah, he likes you know he he goes on. He's an idiot. Um, the the other characters who are competent are much more interesting and and so on. Um, it, it, but it, yeah, there's a bit. There's been a big swing towards fantasy. Hopefully, like we'll go the other way. I mean, I know there's a few sort of dystopian ones out there. That the Magicians really is coming out as well, mm. um, and Shadowhunters. Yes, episode two is out, and now they've basically moved it because it was like every Wednesday on Netflix, and now. The next one is like middle of February. I'm not quite sure why. Are you following it at the moment? I am because I read the books. I, I didn't love the books, uh, but I did enjoy the setting and the world enough that I was interested to see what they did. And obviously, they did a movie, which wasn't very well received. And I have seen it, and I've got it on on DVD or Blu-ray or something. I can't remember. Uh, and I've seen it, but it's not grabbed me. I don't think they did a fantastic job. Um, um, I have a little bit more faith in the series um, because so far they've been sort of following the, the book plot enough um, and the, the, the visuals are really good and I like the casting. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that once they hit the stride, because obviously it's really, it's never easy to start a series. The first few episodes are always a bit, oh, let's find our feet. Shall we swing back to book news? No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so um okay let's let's get go to the Bram Stoker Awards the Bram, uh, the Bram Stoker Award preliminary ballot has been announced the Horror Writers Association the HWA is pleased to announce the preliminary ballot for the 2015 Bram Stoker Awards uh, which will be given out next year and um, horror to- and, fi- and dark fiction if you go to www.horror.org, you can see the long list because we don't want to bore you with a huge list. Um, but it's pretty much the usual suspects from what I can see. Um, there's nothing that's made me go wow and sit up there. I might have missed something. BBC Books expand their Doctor Who publishing line. Uh, BBC Books this is a different news, by the way. Yeah, uh, moving on from moving from, on from, 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 from the Bram Stoker's awards. From the Bram Stoker, shall we? BBC BBC expanding their Doctor Who publishing. So, what's Doctor Who is sort of horror. Anyway, um, 
there's definitely you know Curse of Fendel, for example, definitely a definitely a horror story. Some of them are very. It depends because you can do all sorts of things with Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, to be fair, like looking at the news, the only reason why I'm excited is because they're doing a, a series on River Song. There's, there's the Legends of Song collection of stories from River Song's diary, and that's what really has me like excited about it because actually. I, I didn't really love I, I'm not loving Capaldi I have to say okay. uh, I found it like really hit and miss the writing and, and the portraying of the Doctor and I, I just didn't get into it the only couple of episodes that I enjoyed were throwbacks like the one with the Oswins and and like peeking out the storyline uh, with the Zygots that they did and I liked that, but mainly because I was looking at it and thinking, oh, Marty, why did you leave me, Matt? Um, apart from that. And then, obviously, the Christmas special was really, really, really good. You see, I'm adoring Capaldi at the moment. No, uh, it's, you're it's, boring, it's, always. It's, it's, it's his notes of Tom Baker, and it's his notes of Pertwee. Yeah, I, I like Capaldi. No. It, it's, it's you're the, both wrong. It's the acting. <laughs> I win at the internet. <laughs> it's the acting rather than the writing that's keeping me watching. I have yes, to say. absolutely. I just, I, he's doing nothing for me. Like I look at him and go, <sighs> "You're not my doctor, and uh, you're not even a doctor for you me." See, you see that Zygon story where he delivers the the war speech, mm. and I'm like, "Yeah, I can see all the other actors doing that, mm. but my goodness, the way that Capaldi delivered that, and it just sent the. Um, if you haven't seen the series, we've gone on the tangent, but the the one it's where, fine, it's Doctor Who. We're still within the news. The one, the one where said. he's trapped in a, um, the one where he's trapped in the tower. The, the I haven't penalty. seen that oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh my goodness, it's such a, it, it's such a short story in the sense that it feels like a Doctor Who short story, kind of time warp, uh, twisty short story, but it's just him on his own on a performance where he's got no one else to work against mm. and you're just like okay well you are an oscar winning actor i can see why now you know it's oh I, like don't get me wrong uh, uh, capaldi is an amazing actor he's just not a doctor for me it's he's capaldi doing the doctor but he's not the doctor um, Interesting. I, I, I don't get it. Like, I find his doctor very flat and very unlikable, and I, can't, I just can't like it, which so, is really sad. So you won't be diving into Doctor Who 365 Days of Memorable Moments and Impossible Things no. to be released in March? No. Um, no, but I will be jumping on the River Song stories because, frankly, Alex Kingston as River Song is just fantabulous. Who Graphic, released in September, is a series of visualisations and infographics that explore the universe of the show for the new and long-term fans. I'm... I'm going to be all over that. I like charts. Mm. Um, lastly, BBC Books is publishing Doctor Who, the official cookbook. Yes. Um, how do you cook a Time Lord? <laughs> slowly? Um, very slowly. Like, like I prefer them, like, roasted on the pit, like, sort of, like, slowly turned. They seem to sort of, like, R- roast, crisp better. Roasted with a pit of fans. Yes. Isn't, mm-hmm. isn't that Doctor Who produces that, that <laughs> get roasted? Well, has a Moffat said that he's leaving now? Yeah, uh, Chris Chibnall. Um, will be replacing um, so. he was responsible for Broadchurch I think a lot of people have gone have gone really really when they remembered that he was also responsible for Torchwood mm. but Torchwood was very much undercooked to, to get back to the Doctor Who cookbook it was very much an undercooked project <laughs> undercooked project because um, if you look at that, those first, first two series and you sit there and you think you know what if they had an extra year then that would have been a great series sorry like, um, d- d- 
Okay, so you said undercooked and torchwood, and all I thought is, are you saying that like partly baked cookies are going to be called torchwood cookies in this cookbook? Oh, they should be. They, like, they really like, should like be. Like dough, <laughs> cookie dough, torchwood. Very much so, because it was an undercooked chore. Um, by which I, know, I just realised like, I've called them half baked, but that's true. That it was half baked. It, it just needed a bit of uh, more time. More time. It's a bit more time. It would have been marvellous. Mm. Um, the, the, the stuff it still that was, has a massive following, though. The People stuff, love it. The stuff that was very good was very, very good. The stuff that wasn't wasn't, mm. unfortunately. And you, people tend to remember. You've the, stayed the in the obvious now. <laughs> the people, who, the people tend to re- remember the negative more, and fans are critics. Mm. Um, shall we finish off with the sad bit of news? Yeah, you'd you'd. Um, David G. Hartwell. Uh, has died on January the 23rd, 2016. He was 74. Um, in case you don't recognise the name, he was an editor par excellence. Um, he had an encyclopedic knowledge of science fiction, uh, of the field in general. He was a consultant, consulting um, science fiction editor for the likes of Signet, for Pocket Books, for Tor, for mm. Overhouse. Um, his you have if you're a fan of science fiction then his influence will have touched you in some way um he did an awful lot of he did an awful lot of pulpy stuff as well there's a, a neil gaiman shared story where apparently when neil gaiman was in his 20s um he was cheeky to david g hartwell him and kim newman and they were like we want to do a book called the factor syndrome for star trek because they're all in factor or syndrome and they said sarcastically and there's there's truth in that uh, and uh, david hartwell's like unless you're sincere you should not be anywhere near star trek because mm. it's all about the sincerity and he was like well, that's actually a very good point <laughs> did they just like sort of hang their heads in shame and, and walked away <laughs> it's kind of from, from the way he was telling the story it sounded like yeah actually that's a very good point you, <laughs> damn it you, you, you know, his, his understanding of the industry was amazing and his influence was fantastic and like many editors they don't get enough props mm-hmm. because editors don't get enough props we concentrate on the writers and the artists and the other creators but an editor is very much part of that process and a good editor is gold and every time one of them passes it's a very sad thing for the world especially the world of literature next we've got a doctor who comic we've got doctor talking about things that were doctor who related Uh i'm to talk about all things doctor who wobbly bookie wookie so uh, <laughs> what you so, let yourself down Adam. have i really um you let yourself down uh, you let the show down <laughs> you failed this city so <laughs> the four doctors uh, is uh, uh, paul Connell and mostly neil edwards doing the art with uh ivan news and comic craft also helping in out uh, it's a collection of the, the the monthly series obviously the four doctors and it's what you would expect it's four doctors four Time Lords um, getting together to do things. Now, these are all post-Time War, so it's a post-Time War adventure. Uh, Paul Cannell himself is known quite well for doing all sorts of things Doctor Who related. He wrote the uh, Family Blood um, episodes, mm. which were originally books and then turned into um, parts of the TV series and very well-loved parts of the Tenant 
Lieutenant Run. We've not seen anything from Paul Cannell and Doctor Who um, TV for a while, but he's been doing the comics and he's been doing books and the like for some time. We know he's a massive mega fan. He's currently writing scripts for Elementary, which is going to be interesting. So... Um, what's the plot? Well, it's Paul Cannell. He's A, a massive comics nerd, B, a, 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 a massive Doctor Who nerd. So what do you want to do? He's going to bring back the Vood. The Vood are a uh, Hartnell era, as you recall, monster. And we, we open up, and first, first things first, we meet the War Doctor. Now, I, I, I'm aware I have a Geordie accent. I mean the Doctor of War. As in conflict, not my doctor. My doctor would be Peter Davison. But anyway, uh-huh. we, we meet the War Doctor, and he's teamed up with the Vord um, as part of the Time War. war and the Vord are like, um, we're a bit concerned because we've done really well out of the Time War, and uh, if if this all gets reset, we're going to lose all these amazing things that we acquired. So that's our preview. And then the story begins, and the story opens with with Clara asking the Cavaldi Doctor, the Twelfth Doctor, "Do you remember a place called Marnius?" And the Doctor's like, "I have no idea. I can't remember that place at all." If you're a Doctor Who fan, you know what Marnius is. You know it's a planet of the Void. You know all of this, and you're like, "Squee!" <laughs> the thing about the uh, comic book series is so far, um. The Twelfth Doctor has only had adventures with Clara. However, the uh, we have ten and eleven like comic separate comic book ca- uh, books, the separate series. So there's an eleventh Doctor series and there's a tenth Doctor series. Mm. The tenth Doctor's current ca- uh, companion in the um, comic books is called Gabby. Okay, uh, and she's an artist. Um, the Eleventh Doctor's current companion is called Alice um, and when we first meet Alice Alice is very down because because um, she's lost her mum and all sorts of horrible things have happened and the Doctor turns up and they end up having wacky adventures so what this ends up happening is Clara who realises that there's something up his, who's because she's the impossible girl and things have happened and she's realised that there's something going on, she stumbles across a clue and realises that at some point the Doctor is going to meet the Doctor and going to meet the Doctor. And if she tells him this, they're going to meet and this is going to be a bad thing. So she gets together with another two companions in a coffee shop in Paris. As you do. And has a bit of a meeting. And it's like, right, girls, let's get together. Let's try and stop this from happening. Because you, we all know what he's like. And they do, this, they do this cool thing where they kind of reality check each other <laughs> to make sure that there's nothing else weird going on, despite the usual weirdness. And then, obviously, obviously the doctors meet. What we have in a kind of wonderful way... Is Capaldi's doctor because we've not seen this yet? We've not seen Capaldi's doctor interacting with the other two. We, yeah, the twelfth doctor, and the first response, first response from tenth uh, is to go. Well, that's impossible. Hang on, I can count. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Um, and surprise! Surprise! 
hang on, but but, but aren't you are you the Valyard? No, no, let's let's ignore that nonsense. It's full of. Cornell has done a blinder here by the fact that he's led it full of lots and lots of little references to the ongoing show without making that any without making that too much of a distraction. If you're just a casual fan and you know you've only just started watching the show a couple of years ago, you've only just seen a few episodes over Christmas, you can pick this up and pretty much pick up what's going on. If you've been reading the comics only only the comics you can pick this up and work out what's going on um, I have to say we don't learn much about the road if you don't know what the road are they're this basically a villain you know they're a villain race with some cool technology and some interesting you know kind of an interesting approach to, to life and an interesting philosophy one of the things that Connell loves to do and is clearly does with this is he also um, plays with the, the the sound on the 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 medium. He plays with the, the kind of the volume and the design. So each strip, each kind of main story strip, ends with a different kind of comic strip. Um, mm. So we get a little comic strip which actually you know, Family Guy inspired. Yeah, Family Guy kind of well, no, generally, generally kind of UK comic strip style. Um, we get one Mark, Mark Ellaby here. I absolutely adore. Uh, one of the other hats I, I wear for Starburst magazine is I handle a lot of comic book stuff, and uh, Mark Ellaby does this wonderful little little thing about comics, and there's a meta plot about comic books and comics. That's partially because one of the characters, one of the companions is an artist. It's partially because it's a comic book format. Why wouldn't you use comics as a thing? Um, but yeah, Connell has silly, silly moments where he uses these kind of asides to, to get the, the, the three doctors, as in Capaldi, sorry, 12, 11 and 10, to, to do ridiculous kind of... Sketch, ske- sketches and skits so for example we have Capaldi's doctor going I look down on him because I have more experience and a better dress sense I look down on him because I have more experience and a better dress sense yeah can we do something else says Ten wandering off and so mm-hmm. on if you know that Frost Report sketch you think it's hilarious if you're not British then <laughs> probably just got very confused to the so, internet to the internet so yeah you should watch that sketch it tells you everything you need to know about the British class system and then you'll get a little bit sad um, oh <laughs> Is it any good? Yes. Have I reviewed this properly? Not really. Um, <laughs> is it very timey-wimey? It's very timey-wimey. This is a time travel story involving not one, not two, but three Doctors plus... Plus uh, a, a cameo of the War Doctor. Plus a cameo of the War Doctor. There's also a cameo of uh, another Doctor as well. <laughs> so it's kind of... It's this the, is like the five, like three and a bit Doctors. Well, you've got to remember that the five Doctors was really four Doctors. Yeah. With a very, very brief cameo from Tom Baker where mm. they just cut in some footage from a previous episode. Yeah. So it wasn't really the five Doctors, it's the four Doctors. So this is the four Doctors, but really it's the three Doctors. But there's been a, there's already been a story called the three Doctors and that wasn't really the three Doctors, it was the two Doctors. <laughs> anyway. So, <laughs> actual count of Doctors included may not reflect reality. But, um, so yes, yeah, so you're right, it's the three plus what, plus half plus half. Mm-hmm. If you, if you should Actually, I would love to see one that's just an equation. <laughs> The X, the, the brackets X, the power of N doctors. Um, work it out yourself, sort uh, of thing. If that comes out, I'll, I'll, uh, you should be asking for copyright, by the way. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be so cheeky. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would. I'll ask you. Yeah, we would. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy the art style. It's very well written. Uh, Titan have done been very careful with their selection of artists all the way through. We get this... this 
entertaining and fun art style. It's cinematically driven. It's cinematically put together. Um, I've said said elsewhere. Um, Neil Edwards has been doing a blinder with this, um, um, and Ivan Nunes knows exactly what palette to use to colour this to make it look absolutely gorgeous and cinematic. Um, one of the things I love about the way they've drawn Capaldi as well is that they've drawn Capaldi as Capaldi but they've put in little notes of Hartnell into his face <laughs> and they've put little little notes of Baker as well they've put in little notes of all the other they, it's definitely Capaldi mm. but they've they've accentuated some of them yeah they've made him look a little bit more you know a little bit more reminiscent where they can which is something you can do you know mm. um, they've idealised his look so you know he feels a bit more like a, an evolution of um, there's a wonderful throwback to uh, the ninth Doctor as well it's full of tiny little call outs but it's also a coherent story in its own right I say coherent it's a timey-wimey story mm-hmm. it's got time travel paradoxes in it you will find yourself on occasion flipping back going hang on what oh wait yeah okay um Full of twists, full of turns, uh, benefits very well from being episodic in nature. Um, yeah, um, well done, Mr. Cornell. Uh, that's uh, that's you, we, we wouldn't expect anything less, to be honest. Seems fair. And, and Titan, as I say, have a very, very safe pair of hands when it comes to this. They've just they've done everything they can to make this a really good series, and it has, in fact, been a really good series. Um, I've not I've not really seen a Titan. And I've not really seen a Titan book that I've not liked so far with Doctor Who. There's been a couple of clunkers, but there's not. <laughs> but the, the you know still enjoyable clunkers. There's a couple of but still enjoyable clunkers. You know, it's so and this is this is a very good example of what Titan are doing with Doctor Who. So if you're a fan of Doctor Who and you're a fan of comic books, or even if you're not a fan of comic books but you're a fan of Doctor Who, pick it up. It's well worth your time. Um, that's the Four Doctors by Paul Connell, drawn by Neil Edwards, um, and produced by uh, Titan. This is Fab Radio International. International. This is the bookworm on FabRadioInternational.com. I'm Nympha Hayes. I'm here with the lovely Ed. Hello. You appear to have something that looks suspiciously like a Dungeons and Dragons adventure book. Nah. <laughs> Let's see what you did there. So, um, it's it's sort of like graphic novels day today. We've we've talked with Ed about the Doctor Who Four Doctors volume, and I've just read the first volume of Rat Queens. Um, assassin sorcery like what's not to like like you you just look at the cover and you're like oh my god this is like the coolest thing ever it's just the cover there's like these four kick-ass women just literally battling this thing that looks like a dragon basilisk wyvern that's definitely a dragon that looks like a dragon it's a dragon it's 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 all scaly and lizardy and and fangs and it's huge it's huge huge so this is um um 
um, so the story is by Curtis J. Weeb and uh, art cover and covers are by Rock Up Church and it's published by Image who are doing some amazing stuff lately like really really sort of thinking forward to, to what public really wants and kind of broadening the horizons it's really really like I'm, I'm promising lo- I'm loving that output at the moment they're doing some great science fiction stuff um, the bigger than the divine is great bit of urban fantasy absolutely yes. adore it to pieces um, photogram same people as bigger than divine but still beautiful stuff yes um, yeah sex criminals Chips Zdarsky being weird but still amazing amazing stuff yeah this, yeah this. really really hitting the nail there really really good stuff so what's so great about Rat Queens I mean like you said you know you look at the cover and it's like look it's a big D&D adventure party going off to a quest. It kind of is. Um, so the story revolves around the Rat Queens, who is these... Um, they're a party of adventurers or mercenaries for hire, if you like. And they they live in, in the town of Palisade and they sort of get rid of... Well, they get rid of the monsters that sort of um, threaten to, to undo the town, uh, whether they're magical or just big, mean, um, actual monster types. Uh, however... It's 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 gotten to the point in Palisade where like everybody and their uncle have got like an adventuring party, and and obviously when there's no monsters to fight, they get a bit bored and and you know a, a bit a bit you know drunk and things get smashed and, and people aren't very very happy. So at the beginning of the story, we meet the um, the four ladies that um, that are part of the Rat Queens band um and um the very different ladies and you can see that straight away as well in the way they look um like you won't find the 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 usual big boobed uh healer girlfriend here that that's not a thing in this book like all of the women here are kick-ass they know what they want they've got fantastic backstories and that trickled in throughout the 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 sort of storyline um so you have um hannah um, and I like the descriptions at the back, so I'm going to read you what it says on the back cover of, of the graphic novel. So, meet Hannah, the rockabilly elven mage, Violet, the hipster dwarven fighter, <laughs> Dee, the atheist human cleric, and Betty, the hippie smidgen thief. Uh, smidgens are, of course, basically halflings, aren't they? Basically, yeah, they are, they are sort of hobbit-like, a bit hobbit, a bit pixie almost, Um very, very little and, and fast and, and, and cunning. The character design in Rat Queens is absolutely amazing. It's stunning. I mean, I mean, the smidgen girl, for example, is just like, she's... The character is a bit Manic Pixie Nightmare Girl. Yes, she is. Uh, and, but but very, it, very it's... sweet. Really, really, like, she just... You want to cuddle her. She's quite vicious, but you just want to cuddle her. And it's this tiny, tiny, tiny pixie with like blonde little hair and sort of elvish pointy ears you say that but she terrifies me <laughs> oh god yeah but i think that's the beauty of her that you look at her and you're like i, I know i should be worried but she's so cute um d d's like like in terms of design she's probably my favorite she's just stunning and um she's like this masses of curly hair and and like all of the um sort of cthulhu themed tattoos and and skulls and and stuff and she's she's a healer um uh, but actually i really love her backstory because she leaves her family her mother and father who um worship this this um 
horrible entity. thing from beyond the stars. Yes, this entity uh, is like tentacly and not at all Cthulhu-like. Um, and she's like, I'm, I'm not sure I believe in this thing, Mum. Like, like you know, I know the spells work and all that, but I'm not really sure this is for me. So I'm going to go into the world. And, and the mother's like, no, don't leave me. I will never see you again. But, you know, he'll always look after you. Is is the, the sort of like the, the really worrying line she gives her. Um, and so she's gone into the world and, and, you know, she'll tell you all about how, oh, yeah, my parents worship this thing, but, but I'm not I'm not sure that I believe in this giant flying squid that they talk about. <laughs> um, Hannah's just gorgeous. I mean, like, they're all gorgeous in their own way. Um, but, <laughs> but, yeah, she's just really outrageous and, and doesn't give two craps about what people think and just sort of goes about her life trying to defy uh, everything and anything really she's just not sorry about who she is and, and she shouldn't be she's amazing and then obviously Violet um, the, who's a, a dwarf that has, she has uh, gone against the, the tradition she has shaved her beard gone off joined this rat pack of, of, of ladies that for hire and with a sword that she's kind of maybe stolen maybe not um, and and she's she just wants to be a rebel um, and, and does that very very well so as I said, when we'd sort of joined the story, uh, Palisades kind of had enough, you know, the, the, the destroying everything. People can't live their lives quietly. It's just not good anymore, you know, that the romance is gone. <laughs> so so they kind of give this these um, adventuring parties an ultimatum. They're like, OK, you can either do these quests for us and then come back and behave and you can have a home here or you, you're banished forever and you can't come back. So everyone's a bit peeved about it, but, you know, they don't really have much of a choice because they kind of like where they are and they like, you know, the people and, and having a good time and the pubs and the partying. So off they go, um, each of these parties. You know, you've got the four Daves. Um, that There's a reason why they're called the four Daves. Because they're, they're, they're all called Dave. Yes, Brother Ponies, the Obsidian Darkness. God, I love those. Um, and Peaches. Um, and and they all go their way. And it, it should it really should stop and explain. If you're in in D and D games, quite often your party, you, you bunch of mates get together and you play great characters and you off you go on an adventure. Yes, and this Rat Queens is very much. Uh, inspired by this fantasy trope absolutely so what they've done is essentially in the same way that you would have kind of like roller derby almost like roller derby t- teams yeah. these teams of adventurers have their own special name and their own special unique uh, identity I love the idea that they're like the four guys got together and they're like well we need a name so we can get more missions and more adventuring anyone got a good name well we're all called Dave <laughs> Right there. The four Daves it is. You can imagine at some point that they, they were called, you know, the four Daves and Steve. <laughs> but Steve died. Poor Steve. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much sort of the premise, you know, when when you're reading this. Um, and so they all go off to, to um, adventure and to do their quests. And it turns out that there's an assassin. Like these were all bogus and they've been sent to their slaughter. Obviously, we know better. You know, you, you can't take the Rat Queens down. So they're like, whatever, dude. Um, we'll kill you. And in the process, we'll, we'll also kill a troll. Um, <laughs> this cannot possibly have any repercussions later on in the story. Um, so, yeah, um, that's sort of the premise of it. And like like, Ed, like you were saying, you know, it is very much a 
sort of D&D style adventure or War of Warcraft or any of the, those types of MMO in a fantasy world where you're all residing in a town and then now and then you get together with your mates and you go, oh, should we storm the Castle of Bones and get us some treasure? Yay! You see, one of the things I like about Rat Queens is the fact that they, um, it's it's an all-girl team. Oh, God, yeah. But the all-girl team, that's not an unusual thing. And, it, it you know, it, when you think about it, why would it be an unusual thing? It shouldn't be a weird thing at all, you know. What is what, what? What do you have to be to be in this particular team? Oh well, we're in all this team. We're in all that team. We you know we all have. We all worship this god. We all wear these hats. We're all called Dave. We all happen to be women. They like yeah, each other. with the Rat Queens is we're all dead kick ass. So if you're dead kick ass and cool, then you can be in, in this team. It just so happens that these cool kick ass people are all girls in this. Set. Well, they call the Rat Queens. That would uh-huh. be a hint. Yeah. Well, you know, if a boy wanted to be a queen, I don't see a problem with that either. I'd, be, if, I'd love to read that story. <laughs> I think they'd get a hard time. It's, I think it's it would the, be awesome. I think the thing for me is the banter between the characters as well. Yeah, it's it's just so well balanced. Like uh, the, the artwork is the artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Like it's beautiful. Um, the story is really well built. Like like it's. I really like the way that they sort of trickle in the backstories of each of their characters and you don't even realise that they've just given you all of these plot lines that I'm guessing eventually will all get sort of explored in full. And and you're sort of like reading it and then you, you get to the end and you're like, how did they pack all this information in like one volume of, of a graphic novel? Because there's quite a lot of backstory in there already. I think I think one of the things that becomes fairly obvious very early on as well is that you don't become an adventurer if you've had an ordinary life. Mm, true. If you're if you have to be some sort of an outsider to begin with. Yes. Before you even think about I know what I'll do, I'll get a sword and I'll jump on the back of this giant fire breathing lizard. Mm-hmm. That that's not a that your career's advisor says no. <laughs> Maybe you should, you know, try and be an outlaw first, and then you can progress to be an adventurer. Have you considered woodworking? <laughs> yeah, no, no. But it is really cleverly done, and um, there, there is an element of uh, I want to say murder mystery, but it's not what it is. It's the fact that you know you have a mystery to solve, and and you you're following these these um, women through their story, and and you know it's not it, it's not. The usual. It's it's very original the way that, that they do it because like the they try to like investigate the thing and then the thing hits them in the face and it's just so funny. Well, one of the things I like also about the just just because you've turned on just the right page there with the the design of mm. the the way the panels are done. So uh, you can you, you can sometimes you get a comic book where the panels are very semi all the way through, but what they've very specifically done there is um, you get the beats. If you say I mean you get the beat and you get the direction. So rather than rather than just going four four two, four four two, four four two, you get like eight, one. So you have like very, very condensed, crammed page with all of this conversation and dialogue on. So you can turn the page and there's this big splash page which is the beat. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of it thing. flows really well. Yes. It, like it tells the story very effectively, um, and it, it's a really good story. It uses the medium properly. The dialogue is snappy and and succinct. It's fun. It's just so much fun. Like 
um, th- this was literally handed to me by, by my lovely husband who went to, off to London and one of our friends was like, you must read this and this and this. And he was like, okay. So he came home with three graphic novels and one was The Wicked and the Divine, which I devoured in like half an hour and then reread because just he was like, whoa, you just blow my mind. Oh, what did I say? I, I did say. You did say it was good. And, and yeah, it's totally like totally down my street what have we learned what have we learned the i don't know <laughs> absolutely nothing <laughs> um and then the other one was rad queens and then he also brought home saga which looks interesting but the out of the three was the one that grabbed me the least um enjoy uh, we've, we've done it a, we've done a saga we've done saga before on the show yeah um and the they went out deliberately to create something that could never be adapted for to anything else yeah. and it won't be adapted to anything else and you can tell why saga is very much a sci-fi saga if you love star wars you'll love saga oh, okay uh, i would say that if you love pure fantasy and proper fantasy with dragons and heroes and, and goblins and orcs and let's go hit some stuff with a sword and be awesome and and here's a splash of magic if you love the lord of the rings movies you will love that queens. Oh absolutely God, yeah. adore it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like. I I cannot recommend it enough. It's it's beautifully drawn, clever story, well written, well thought out, fantastic cast of characters. Um, everybody just sort of like adds that little bit more to the story. Yeah, just just read it. This is you know Waven Up Churches Rat Queens Volume One Sass and Sorcery by Image. Goodbye from me and Torchy. And goodbye from me and for Hayes. Bookworm is a truly outrageous production for Starburst Magazine and Fab Radio International. Uh, presented by Ed Fortune and Nympha Hayes, produced by Anne Davis. Hey! Yay!